Hello and welcome to That's What People Do. Uh, this episode is more of a Christmassy episode again. Uh, last week we brought you some interesting small tales and myths around Europe in particular. And this week we're going to do the same. Uh, you're joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and with me is always James K. How are you? Guten Tag. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Um, Essex, London, and primarily the South East is now in Tier 4. Um, that's a new update for everyone. Um, if if you're not from the UK and you have no idea what the fuck that meant, um, our way of dealing with COVID is instead of having national lockdowns where everyone just stays at home and sits on their asses playing games and making banana bread, um, particular regions have a tier system where tier one is like, fuck it, pretend like nothing's happened. Tier two is like, uh, you should probably like, you know, stay two meters apart. Tier three is like food and restaurants and whatnot. It's like primarily they want you to do takeout and whatnot. And a new tier has been invented for Essex and the Southeast because we're so shit at this. Well, basically it's a lockdown for the like the individual county. So I kind of... James in like Solihull, Birmingham area has been in... What well, You've been in tier three for like since they invented tiers, wasn't it? It's all I've ever known, Ryan. It's That's all, all I've you've ever known. known. That's it. And I was tier two in Essex uh, to begin with when they started the tier Actually, system. Actually, no, lies. Remember over Halloween, like October and stuff, the tiers were there, but no one really gave a shit. I was tier two then. Ah, right. That's it. So we both started off or was tier I? two. Or was I tier three? I'm not sure you were tier you know, two. I'm... Was I tier... No. Was I tier two? <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> I don't know, but either way, I I did... I, I lived my life. Yeah, well, I mocked for such a long time because we were in tier two and the north of England has always been sort of slapped wrists for being so shit at you know staying away from each other and there's been endless heat maps shown on like southern tv and local tv saying like the north just can't stay away from each other they're spreading coronavirus like nobody's business they're all having sex and have six toes yes uh they hate the north and the midlands and we've all been laughing at you and then we got in tier four (laughs) well to quote nigel farage you all laughed at me you're not laughing now, are you? <laughs> I always said the best thing to do for this country would build a giant wall around the M25. And I think it maybe it's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, you never know what might happen because Scotland are going to go for independence again very, very soon, possibly. Wales have decided they may look for a referendum on independence very soon. So we may just become England and Northern Ireland on our own. And then even then... The North might say, do you know what? Fuck this. We're going to make our own nation. It'd be like Game of Thrones. Oh, it's going to be mad. The next 10 years. What we haven't told you, Ryan, is the reason that the COVID-2 strain is only in like London, Essex and down south is because we created it and then we put it (laughs) down there. (laughs) Again, to sort of uh, bring up Nigel Farage. Thanks, China. (laughs) (laughs) Just chemical warfare. Recent tweet from him. Um, so yes, it's all go. We, me and James, just before we were recording, we're discussing our Christmas plans. Mine are all over the shop now because we've been told we're not allowed to have Christmas. Uh, and James, mine can. hasn't changed because yeah. I live in an area where 
people behave. We don't. Our, to be fair, my area is not too bad at the minute. It was really bad, like, end of November, like, mid-November. But since the lockdown, it's actually been quite good. So, Yeah, well, uh, I, hope, well. I hope that uh, wherever you're listening to this episode from, you are going to have a good Christmas regardless. So if you're in other countries, which we know you are, there, there are some people all over the place, and I, that, that makes my heart full. Uh, I hope you guys And there's have... sometimes that, like, obviously we have, like, Australian and New Zealand listeners and, like, you guys are just living the high life, unless you live in Sydney. But apart from that, congrats, you, you've cracked it, well done you. And then you get places like, where else do we get? The rest of Europe, you're kind of in lockdown now, so have fun. Yeah, Germany currently uh, is in America, lockdown. America, I don't think... I don't think America cares anymore. I think they're just kind of doing whatever the fuck they want. Did America have a lockdown? I have no idea, Ryan. And if they did, they certainly didn't abide by it. <laughs> well, there's a couple because of Because like, as soon as the lockdown started, I think everyone just got their guns out. Yes. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. There's a couple of YouTube channels that I follow that are based in, like, I think, LA. Uh, and they, like, had hiatus and they were staying at home isolating. But now it's like nothing ever happened. I have no idea. We don't. I think that would be interesting to hear for American listeners. We over here don't hear much about coronavirus in America. We're just very focused on Europe yeah. because the French have been dickheads lately, but we'll ignore that. <laughs> it's not just Fucking the French. French. Uh, it turns out all of Europe <laughs> to the point where... This is the thing, This is what I find hilarious. We wanted Brexit so bad. Not me personally, and I know Ryan didn't. We, we didn't want Brexit. So if you listen to this, we are anti-Brexit. However, the people that wanted Brexit now suddenly find themselves in a world where the rest of Europe have gone, yeah, fuck it, have it, but we're just not going to help you anymore. Yeah. All because of COVID. Yeah. We've got super hard Brexit. We've got super hard coronavirus, um, at the point where France France kicked it off and said, from, for, <laughs> we're going to close the border between France and uh, the UK, which is very difficult to do, because not only is there like, you know, uh, the little English channel that we frequently cross... Uh, there is the Euro Tunnel, which is legit a tunnel connecting the two countries. Uh, that's all been shut. Uh, you can't get into France. You can't leave via plane, boat, car, any way you want. You can't just get to France in that moment. Uh, I think it's going to reopen soon, though, isn't it? Yeah, so that then the rest of Europe went, oh, yeah, we're going to do that too. And now the EU's had to step in and told all 28 nations, please stop banning your <laughs> travel entry for the UK people. Stop doing it. Um if only, Ryan, every country at the start in March went ban all travel and every country did that, I don't think we'd be in this fucking mess. It would have sucked for a while, but we would have got out of it a lot quicker. Maybe. Maybe. Look at New Zealand. Straight away, they were like, nope. And now look at them. They can fucking hug and go to bars and the rest of us are just crying in the corner. This is true. I probably didn't help as I did go to Denmark. <laughs> you went everywhere. I went everywhere during this pandemic. Um... I'm not. I literally haven't been anywhere yeah, this year. No. Sucks. No, I've been to a few places this year. <laughs> I've done. I've done the big three Scandinavian countries. So anyway, um, yes, as you can probably tell, guys, I hope you've not switched off by now. This is a very much a relaxed fit episode. Uh, it is coming up to Christmas. We are going to have just a little, you know, Christmassy time to be with our families and sit in my house on my own. Um for me in tier four but yes so this is just a little episode it's a relaxed fit like you know you're probably stuffed full of christmas dinner or you've got like you i don't know you're vomiting out gin and rum because you just overdid it you started drinking at seven in the morning i don't know it happens um enjoy it just relax let let us just tell you some fun stories um so we've got two good got two bad 
and uh, two mysterious ones. But let's just crack on, shall we? Um, so um, that's what people do. We've been going on for well, over this a year and a half now, isn't it? Uh, I believe July 2018 was when we started. No, it was 2019. I don't think so. We celebrated our year not too long ago. 29. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. I lied to you. 2019. So it's, 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 it's been wrong. a year and a half, and uh, so far, uh, this is now our second Christmas. Um, it is. Which is great. So, last Christmas, unlike Wham, we didn't give you our hearts, but instead, we gave you, among others, two stories. We spoke about the Lawson family massacre where Charlie Lawson murdered his wife and six of his seven children before turning the gun on himself on Christmas Day. Remember that one? Her name was Fanny Manring. Fanny, I'll never forget Fanny it. Fanny Manring. We had a little <laughs> laugh about that, which we shouldn't have done. Um, we also told you the story of slaughter turned peace for a time when soldiers on the Western Front in World War One ceased fire and played a game of football in no man's land, forgetting for a time uh, yeah. that they were at war with each other. That was a nice story. And then that dude got angry on Twitter. Yes, we upset someone quite a lot, because it turns out we used a picture uh, of soldiers in World War I f- playing football. Uh, however, that was not the specific uh, Christmas Truce football game that we had been talking about in the episode. And it turns out w- we're not the only ones who do this. Yeah, it turns out we... Oh, yeah, I think it's a common mistake. Yeah, so apparently it's a very common mistake. People post... You'll, you will have seen it, everyone listening. Uh, at some point at Christmas, some social media channel or whatnot talks about the Christmas truce, and they always post the picture of, like, these couple of soldiers jumping up to, like, head the ball. One German, I think, and one English or one or the other, I'm not sure. We yeah. used the exact same picture. Turns out, I don't think there are any pictures from the actual Christmas truce game. Um, and if you look back on our socials, you'll find out that I have had, I have put on like a little edit. This picture comes from X Y Z because someone commented saying this is duff history. That's not from the game. Please stop doing that. So yeah, we got. I think that was the first like heckler we ever had. Yeah, it was. Our latest one's Marty. Hi, Marty. Yeah, I think I'm glad this got brought up because we need a disclaimer. We are not historians. <laughs> no. Some of the shit we say is wrong. If you don't like it, fuck yourself. I don't care. It's it's honestly the people like I, I know it's cool to know things. Like it's great when you know things and you want to share your knowledge. But instead of being like your shit, just fucking tell us. <laughs> yeah, let us know and we can correct things in another episode if we do fuck things Nine, up. A lot of what I say is probably bollocks, but I've read it somewhere. So it's not my bollocks. <laughs> yeah. It's someone else's bollocks that I'm sharing to you. Um, yes, yes. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought there. But no, you're absolutely right. James has mentioned on many episodes before. Um, if you are interested in finding out more, there are places to go find them. Um, we've always claimed from the very, very beginning that we are just Wikipedia for your ears, right? We know just about enough that we can talk about it, right? But we're not experts on any of these subjects that we are talking about, unless... We'll cover, like, the big facts where it will get brought up in a pub quiz and you'll know the answer. Yeah, exactly. And unless it's about the performing arts, James and I are not experts in it, all right? So we may fuck things up. And even then. (laughs) And even then, yeah. (laughs) So yes, um, feel free to correct us. That's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, we've always we, we always say, as James says it more than I do. If you are interested, there are really good places to go find other facts. So if like these are more like little bits to 
whet your appetite and be like, oh, I like that. Mm. I want to find out more about that. And then go, go, go learn. There was that, um, yeah, our Amanda Knox episode as well, where that bloke just came in and like showed us his oh, website yeah. and he has been keeping files on That's her right. for years. Yeah. And it it was got past the point of being interesting to the point of being incredibly yeah, creepy. It's weird. <laughs> so yeah, we do get some like, weird people comment yeah. and message us. <laughs> yeah, if you like John Wayne Gacy, amazing, but keep it to yourself. Yeah. You fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, and and so sort of just redefine your love for John Wayne, John Wayne Gacy. All right, be be interested in it, but don't love him. Don't don't. He's not a hero. No, don't idolize the man. Oh yeah. Don't spend your entire time reading about him and listening to podcasts about him because at the end of the day he raped young That's boys. Right. Go and do something else with your life. <laughs> now, if you remember as well, just last episode uh, we learned about different Christmas myths throughout history, including stories where apparently Santa can raise kids from the dead, and in Iceland the Yuletide lads will lick your spoon if you're not paying attention. So. In the same tradition, I've brought together a small collection of stories, tales about Christmas. Some are heartwarming and deserve to be on the nice list, others should damn straight be on the naughty list, and some are just plain mysterious, and I don't really know what to make of them. So, let's start with a nice tale that involves theft. Now, it's 1967, and 18-year-old William Lynn Weaver was walking home in Mechanicsville, Knoxville, Tennessee, when he saw a young boy flying down the road on his pushbike. He thought to himself that the bike looked a lot like his younger brother's, but paid no mind to it, continuing on his way. And when he got home, he saw his ten-year-old brother, and out of curiosity asked where his bike was. Well, it's on the steps outside, his brother said, but it wasn't. Now, William walked up the steps and saw no bike, so he and his brother tracked down the bike to an unlit, cold-looking shack in an alleyway. Everything about this shack screamed destitute. William himself, when telling the story, says the plan was to beat the boy up and then take back the bike. Now, luckily for the young thief, William and his brother were joined by Dad, who took them and uh, told them to stand back while he did the talking. So, Dad knocks on the door and was met by an old man with a cane and the young boy standing close behind, visibly upset. Dad noticed in the, in the small shack that the only source of light and heat was coming from a single candle. Explaining the situation to the grandfather, who was obviously disappointed, his grandson began to cry, pleading that he only wanted something nice for Christmas. When they walked the bike back home, Dad explained the situation to Mum, who was at the time preparing the turkey with all the trimmings. Dad decided to heat, uh, head outside to the local coal yard, which uh, stuck all their coal, uh, and then collected a, a huge sack full of coal, and then said to the younger brother whose bike had initially been stolen, quotes, you've got another bike, don't you? And the young boy said, yeah. And so Dad took the bike, a bag of coal, and some food to the rundown shack. Once again, the grandfather answered the door and was greeted with coal to warm the place, food to warm their bellies, and a bike for the grandson to play with, and $20 from their own back pocket. The granddad was overwhelmed with the gesture and broke down in tears. William explains how his dad was a chauffeur and his mother was a domestic, so they didn't have much money themselves, but he says that he doesn't even remember exactly what it was he received that Christmas, 
Only the feeling he got watching his dad show kindness to the family made better um, by their generosity and said that 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 Christmas was the best Christmas that he'd ever had, which is a nice story to start with, I think. That's cute. Whenever you tell a story, I expect it to take a turn at some point. <laughs> so I was just waiting all the way through that, like, right, who's going to die? Who's going to get eaten? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, yeah, Christmas is coming. Episode uh, the last. The last story took a turn. <laughs> no, that like starting yeah. off with a nice story. The bike was stolen. The kid just wanted something. They were clearly a poor family, and they had nothing. So. They they gave them something. They gave them the bike that he stole and, and money from their own back pocket. Lovely, isn't it? Nice. Warms, Warms your heart, heart, that. So from that, we go into something not so nice. Let's go to the naughty list, shall we? Here we go. Now, this one I've nicknamed uh, the Star Wars Code Murder, which is a great title. Right. Now, on Christmas Eve of 2014, David Cooper, age 39, drove... 34-year-old marketing manager Samina Imam to the home of his older brother, 41-year-old Roger Cooper in Coventry. Now, Roger and Samina were in a relationship, but this was not a pleasant visit. The brothers, who were both over six foot five, overpowered Samina and smothered her using chloroform and a mixture of poisonous metals administered to her. When Samina was dead, the brothers drove her body to an allotment in Leicestershire, where she was buried in a shallow grave. But why did Roger and his brother David murder his girlfriend? It turns out that Samina was not the only girlfriend of Roger's. He'd been stringing along at least three other women that we know of, and was worried that Samina would expose their affair, so plotted the murder with his brother. Which I don't understand. Like, you're supposed to really like this person. Well, enough that not really like them because you are still seeing two other women, but you like them enough that you want to add them to your entourage of other women, right? So why would you still want to kill them? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Three a curveball there. No, like you, you like them enough that you know you kind of want to kind of be with them. You want to share a third of your time with them, and yet you go, oh, I hope yeah. she doesn't find out. Uh, I hope she doesn't like spill the beans or whatnot. So instead of like ending that part of the relationship, if you want to continue a relationship with the other two ladies, rather than just ending all of the relationships and go get a proper one, you thought, I oh, know, I'll kill her. Like, how is that the rational answer? Anyway. It's not. No, it's not, isn't it? Now, as awful as the story is, the weirdest thing is how the brothers went about planning the murder. Now, they didn't just meet up and write it down on a notepad. They had a special code. And that code was to use Star Wars references, <laughs> which were texted over to each other as a way of being like, oh, they can't prove nothing because all the texts are just Star Wars jokes. <laughs> like, that would work. Um, are, you, are you a Star Wars fan at all, James? Star Wars fan? Um, No, I'm not. <sighs> It's it's one of them things that if my family are watching it, I might sit down and watch it with them. I might not. I I couldn't give less of a shit about oh it. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! That uh, upsets me a lot because you may not get the quotes. But either way, such quotes were texted to each other like this: uh, "Quote, you are expected, Vader," which Roger admitted was code reference for Samina, but claimed that it had been part of a surveillance on her in case she was seeing another man. 
which is just anxiety because he was seeing two other women alongside Samina and then assumed that she would be doing the same. But they've already said, ah, that's probably not the answer. Anyway, other texts found were um, Death Star Complete, Stay on Target, and Look at the Size of That Thing, which you may not know, but it comes from arguably Episode 4, which is the first Star Wars movie that came out, A New Hope which is when they first see the st- the Death Star, and he's like, is that, that, look at that moon. And he's like, that's no moon. And then I think Luke is the one that says, look at the size of that thing. Anyway. <laughs> um, I thought it was quite funny because it had a little Star Wars section in it, and both men were sentenced to 30 years in prison in 2015. So they may, they'll likely die there. They'll never get to see The Mandalorian. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Mandalorian Season 2 yet. I need to do that. Apparently it's good. People keep telling me it's good. It's one of them things where people go, oh my God, have you seen this? You're like, no. And then they proceed to tell you how good it is. Yeah. And it's just like, could you could you not gauge from my no that I don't care? <laughs> yeah. I'd never offer you to watch that now. I'd be like, oh, it's not going to like it. What's the point? If you don't know Star Wars, no one really going to get and it. Everyone's like, oh, you should watch it. I was like, should I? Should <laughs> yeah. I? Am I really going to get it? <laughs> yeah, I just... I'm not a massive sci-fi fan. For me to enjoy sci-fi, I have to, like, it has to be really good. And Star Wars has just never floated my boat, unfortunately. Well, they do say that Star Wars is not sci-fi. It's sci-fan. It's science fantasy. Right, you like You like fantasy. I do like fantasy, but I like on-the-ground fantasy. Oh, okay. I like other worlds as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not all about Earth. Like, Middle Earth is Lord of the Rings, obviously, and... Uh, you got Narnia, which I think is awesome. Alice in Wonderland, which I think is great. So I like fantasy. Mm. There's just something about Star Wars that I just don't care for. Oh. I think especially nowadays, like lately, I think Disney need to just fucking stop. <laughs> yeah. I think they've realized that it makes money and they're just pumping them out. And it's just like people like Rogue One. I thought it was a pile of wang. I thought oh. it was awful. I'm not have that. I enjoyed Rogue yeah, all, One. All they've all they've done with Rogue One is to be like, oh, there's a massive plot hole in the original. There's a massive fucking plot hole that they've left a fucking literal hole that can blow us up. Why would you do that? That's a design flaw, idiots. And they've been like, let's create this entire film just to cover up lazy script writing. <laughs> That's what Rogue One is. It's just covering up lazy yes, script writing. Yes, but it's a good cover up because there's a fucking it's hole. It's a really good cover like, up. Have you seen the? Have you seen the Family Guy? Um, like Blue Harvest. Yes, yes. Where it's just like, uh, this base is like impenetrable, right? Yep, yep, yep. Apart from a two meter hole where if someone shoots down, it'll self destruct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Well, we should put some like wood over that or something. <laughs> but no, no, no. You got to think about resale value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they did despite that a little while ago. Uh, I mean, I liked Rogue One personally. Um, but I'm a massive sci-fi fan as well. I absolutely love sci-fi. I'm currently playing through Cyberpunk, or attempting to play through Cyberpunk with its many issues. I've heard. Um, and I, I'm enjoying it. You know, for all of its issues, I've got a high tolerance for this kind of stuff. I'm loving the game, so I'm all for the sci-fi. Bring it on. I'm all for cybernetics. Now, let's move I've on. I've heard Cyberpunk is Oh, wank, no. The game, the ga- James, the game is fantastic. The storytelling, the, the side missions, it's fantastic. You cannot fault it, I don't think. It's just the game is not quite there yet. It's but I've heard stories of like people being like, you have to go to this location, and they get there, and it's just a wall. Oh and yeah, they can't yeah I literally in. had that in a mission. I was just playing before we did the podcast. Uh, I, there is just a blank wall, and I'm like, well, how do I get in here? And then, then, <laughs> then the scene renders, and you're like, oh, there's like a there's like a whole market here. I didn't know. I couldn't see it. 
Anyway. I'll, I'll stick to getting angry at FIFA. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's better. Now, let's go to something <laughs> mysterious, shall we? Uh, this is called Burnt Leftovers. Now, it's called... It's Christmas Eve, okay? It's Christmas Eve in 1885, and farmhand John Larson is offered by his employers, Patrick and Matilda Rooney, to spend Christmas with them. John accepts the gracious offer and spends Christmas Eve sitting by the fire with his employers, telling tales and drinking the night away. John then calls it a night and heads upstairs to the guest room to sleep. Some, t- some time during the night, John starts having a coughing fit. Something is tickling his throat, but eventually he just pays it no mind and goes back to sleep. Come the morning, it's eerily quiet. It's not too early, but there's an awful smell and there are traces of soot on his pillow. Unsure of what it is, he heads downstairs where the smell intensifies. He calls out for Patrick and Matilda, but gets absolutely no response. He checks in on their bedroom and discovers Patrick laying in his bed, dead, but no sign of Matilda. Checking the rest of the house, he finds in the kitchen a scorched hole in the wooden floor full of ash. Next to the hole lies the charred remains of a foot. That foot belongs to Matilda Rooney. It appears as though Matilda has spontaneously combusted on the spot, and it's estimated that the temperature of the fire would have reached 1400 degrees centigrade, which is, interestingly, hotter than an incinerator in a crematorium. Bloody hell. Now, there were no signs of fire damage anywhere else in the home, only in that one specific spot. It was confirmed that Patrick died from smoke inhalation and the only thing that spared John was the fact he was on another floor. But it did explain his coughing fit. But what about Matilda? John was naturally the prime suspect but was quickly deemed impossible for him to have started the fire without damaging the rest of the home or leaving a trace. Now a local legend suggested that the fire in that one specific spot was where hell flame came to incinerate Matilda for drinking too much on Christmas Eve. But the best scientific theory is not so far from the legend. It's possible that the alcohol consumed by Matilda could have somehow been ignited, which caused her death. How, though? We don't know. And it remains a mystery, even to this day, Hmm. What's your thoughts? Spontaneous combustion's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Like, do you believe in it? Do you think it's possible? I think it is possible, yes. Um, purely for the, the theory as to how they may have tried to explain the fact that Matilda's died here, I think... Yeah. It, uh, maybe it depends on the alcohol you've been drinking. Um, I was talking to this, um, I was talking about this the other day, um, and I said that, it, yeah, clearly I think maybe it's possible that if you drunk such a strong concentration of alcohol, which as we know is flammable, and then maybe you try to light a cigarette, and as you lit your match, maybe the fumes coming out your stomach if you've been drinking too much of it just caught and ignited and just burnt out her insides and she died there on the spot and just burned that wouldn't be 1400 degrees though I surely. Don't know. she might have been a big lady there's a lot of fat in the human body and as we know fat is a very good 
like heat like you can use fat to have a fire so interesting mm. i remember watching a documentary about it ages ago and people have just been like sitting in their living room and just set them on fire oh. but it's always like is it real is it not like yeah there's a great there's a great picture online you can find it it's like uh, just the scorched remains of some chair where like the man had been maybe sat too close to his fire <laughs> just as he was asleep like caught fire bloody hell mm. it's interesting spontaneous combustion I'm not sure if it's real but that's why it's on the mystery list here now let's go back to, well yeah yeah let's go Literally. back to the nice list shall we now in Kansas City which is confusing because it's both in Kansas and Missouri at the same time and I don't really know where it comes from which one uh but anyway Wait, what yeah Kansas City is like in this sort of border sort of region between Kansas and Missouri and I don't, I don't know which one it comes under I'll be honest with you can I speak directly to our American listeners for a second yeah I need to know and I would like I would like response on this why you have Kansas and then Arkansas why is it not Arkansas? It's spelt the same. Hey? Kansas is K-A-N-S-A-S, yeah? Yeah. And Arkansas is that, just with A-R in front of it. Is it really? Oh my God, yeah, it is. it's Arkansas. <laughs> oh my God, it is. <laughs> Why is it Kansas and Arkansas? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It should be Arkansas. It should be Arkansas. Where's Arkansas come from? Yeah. I don't even know what language that is because I know a lot of American cities have like Spanish names and French names due to like colonization oh, and all they've that got wonderful French, stuff. German, but Dutch, everything. Ar- Arkansas. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know where that word would come from. I just found that really interesting because every time I see the word Arkansas, I pronounce it Arkansas, then have to like correct myself. To be fair, we we we're not brilliant at that either. You know, with our shires, Le- Leicestershire. Try spelling that if you've never done it before. Like I I can speak English and speak it quite well, and I can't spell Leicestershire. A lot of other nations have problem with the shires, don't they? Especially uh, Worcestershire. Or Worcestershire, however the fuck you want to pronounce oh, yeah, it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing for foreign listeners. You, however you want to pronounce it, isn't wrong because even we disagree yeah, in this country. This is true. Like, especially like Worcestershire or Worcestershire. Yes, it, it's either sheer or sure. Uh, like yeah, like Leicestershire. I'd say I'd say Leicestershire personally, say Leicester, but I think that's just my. <laughs> and then you've got not yeah. like Nottinghamshire, uh, which is not pronounced. Yeah, sure. if you say Shire, it's just long. Yeah, not. But then if you're talking about the Shire from The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, you don't say Shire, the no. Shire, because it's Shire. It's weird. Don't learn English. It's really difficult. If you want to, hats off to you. English is one of the hardest languages to learn. Yeah, hats off to you if you've uh, if you speak another language and you've learned English, because a lot of English people just don't yeah. bother to learn English. To learn. <laughs> Spawn. Uh, anyway, now back to Kansas City. Um, now, it's for some reason in Kansas City, there is a mysterious Santa, uh, a secret Santa, uh, who hands out $100 bills to people. Now, he's been doing it for years, and with the help of local authorities, has managed to hit a few spots around the country. But last year was spotted in Kansas City, dropping $100 bills into people's pockets. Now, he seems to have a criteria. You have to be someone who, quote, look as though they could use a little boost, which is me every day. So why has he not come here? Um, yeah, I've got a resting bitch face. That'd be great. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're just having a bad day. Like, I love that idea there. Or imagine, oh, it'd be worse. Imagine if you just felt, uh, I don't know. I could, 
can I say this? I'm allowed to say this. I have mental health issues. Say like one day, you just your depression lifted for the day. And you went, Do you know what? I'm feeling fan-fucking-tastic today. I feel a million dollars. And then you just realised that you were never going to get the 100 quid because you're looking good today. You feel good. Yeah. Anyway. That one day. Bastard. Each year, it is estimated that Secret Santa has dished out between hundred to $200,000 in $100 bills. I don't know where he gets the money from. No, no one knows who he is or what he does. Um, I think they've just seen him dressed up as Santa and they're like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm Batman. And then just runs away, like throwing $100 it's bills. Jeff Bezos. Hey? Yeah, maybe it's Jeff Bezos. Yeah, can you imagine? Now, he told CBS, I have no idea what CBS stands for, um, quotes, our mission as humans is to do random acts of kindness. Kindness is the bridge between all people, which is kind of nice. That is very nice. We need more kindness in the world. We do need more kindness in the world. And I'm about to give you some more kindness in the world because I'm going to give you another nice story because that's that's what Christmas is about. We're going to talk about a guy called Chad Rose from Michigan. Now, Chad Rose, he had all of his Christmas decorations up, but he had a spare tree left over from a parade float that his business had used, right? So... He did what most people in America do. He placed the tree on Craigslist, which I think is pronounced Craigslist. Uh, Craigslist. Yeah, we say Craigslist, but I've, I've definitely. So heard in of... America, they they can say Craig. You ever seen Meet the Parents or Meet the Fuckers? Yeah. We would pronounce his name Craig, but they say Craig. It's weird. It's very bizarre. Anyway, he placed the tree on Craigslist, which is how it should be said, for free hoping that someone would just snap it up. He's got his own tree. He doesn't need another one. Like, just honestly, someone have it. It's Christmas. Someone just have the tree. However, what he got back humbled him. What he received was an inbox full of messages from poorer families, essentially pleading their case as to why they should have the free tree. Chad realized that to him, uh, what was just, you know, another piece of decoration for the holidays was to some the symbol of Christmas itself, uh, but unfortunately not an expense that they could really afford. One family wrote to Chad saying that when times are hard, they've had to draw a Christmas tree and hang it in the corner, which is, that's awful. That's, that really makes me feel like, oh, that, that people, mm. you know, suffer with that. Um, you know, when you've got nothing at all, just having a little tree there can really like brighten up the room and make you feel Christmassy. Now, yeah, Chad felt similarly and went over the list in his inbox and actually bought a tree for every single one of the people that had actually asked for the initial one and then gave it to them for free as a little Christmas treat. Which is really nice. And that's the end of that one. It's just a short one. But yeah, well done. Well done to... um. Chad, well done, Chad. Good job, Chad. Yeah, good props, Chad. You're on the nice list. That's all good. Chads get a bad rap, don't they? Because there's always the memes about uh, Chad. Chad, yeah. Chad. Yeah, we all know a Chad. Chad. More like a chode. Anyway, let's go back to that <laughs> naughty list, shall we? <laughs> now, this one, this one's mad. It is December 24th, if we're getting the theme. <laughs> It's December 24th, 2008, in Covina, California. Now, 45-year-old Bruce Pardo knocks on the door of 1129 East Nolcrest Drive, where a house party is being held dressed as Santa Claus. 
Now, present at this house party are his ex-wife, Sylvia Ortega Pardo, her parents and other family members. When the door opened, his eight-year-old niece ran to greet him. But what she found back was a bullet in her head before she could get to old Uncle Bruce. If he hadn't got the... Mm. Bruce shot her. Like, point blank. Right. Bruce then okay. pulled out two 9mm handguns and started firing indiscriminately into the house party while people began to scream and try to escape. Police suspect that he stood over some of his victims and point blank executed them while they lay on the floor injured. In all, Bruce would kill nine people at the party, two of his brothers-in-law, three of his sisters-in-law, his nephew his mother-in-law and his father-in-law and his ex-wife. Now, the young... He just wanted to get rid of the in-laws. It seems so. Um, Not to sort of take away from the dark moment, but please, have you seen the the latest video to have surfaced online of a man in Thurrock? That bloke, that's so funny. Yeah, Yeah. it's not too far from me. What do you think of the new lockdown restrictions? Uh, Well, now I was supposed to go to the in-laws. No, I don't have to. So it's an absolute touch. (laughs) It's an absolute touch. I don't have to see the in-laws. And he's from Thurrock, which is (laughs) not far from me. He's so happy about tier four. (laughs) He is. So happy about it. (laughs) He's literally going to stay indoors and just drink beer and have the best time. Anyway, uh, yeah, at least he's not got a whole Bruce on it. Um, yeah, the, the youngest of Bruce's victims was only 17, man. Now, after the attack, Bruce brandished a homemade flamethrower and torched the place. They said that like the flames of this place like got 40 feet up in the air. It was insane, the heat that was coming from this place. Like, I don't know, it's like Matilda Rooney had been in there or something. Anyway... Yeah. He then got in his rented car and drove to his brother's place where he was then found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But why oh did he do this? Well, why um, do this? I like your theory better that he just kind of wanted to get away with from the in-laws. But um, the fact that he's now dead means that we really can't be sure of his motives. But um, Bruce's divorce to Sylvia came through on the 18th of December, literally a week before the attack. So right. they think that may have been the motive somewhere. Yeah, he was probably distraught. Yeah. And lastly, let's go back to something completely mysterious and arguably quite creepy. So it is December 18th. It's 1996, so I was three years old. And... No, oh, I was one. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> and a woman is found dead at the Pleasant Valley Memorial Park Cemetery in Virginia. There's no joke to be made here that she was found dead and she's in the cemetery. Yes, I know there are lots of dead people there, but like she's not in a grave. She, she was dead outside of a grave, which is where she shouldn't be. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to like, take her away. Just like, dig a hole. Yeah. Now, um, she is approximately 60 years old has a plastic bag taped around her head showing clear signs of asphyxiation being the cause of death. Right. There was no identification on this lady, just a note next to her saying, quotes, deceased by own hand, prefer no autopsy, signed Jane Doe. Um, Okay. And Jane Doe and John Doe are the names that they give to people who have no identity when they find them. 
Right. So okay. like, oh, it's just some John Doe. Like, you ever heard like Americans in films just say, oh, I don't know, it's just some John? Because it, it, that's them saying, I don't know who he was. Yeah. I don't know who he was. He's just some John. Okay. Right, yeah. Okay. You know, like we say any old Tom, Dick and Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's similar to that. So yeah, that's what they say. Okay, they, She's approximately 60 years old. They have no idea how old she was. Uh, they don't know her name. They don't know where she's from. They don't know nothing about her at all, except for the fact that she was found with a plastic bag around her head that was taped on her head and that little note. She'd also, on this uh, little note of hers, um, requested that she be cremated and had left $100 in 250s on her person, right? She also had a miniature Christmas tree set up near her, which was all decorated and all that. She also had headphones on her head inside the plastic bag that when they looked on the tape deck, because obviously they had like the old tapes and whatnot, yeah. when they looked on the tape, it had been playing something called 2,000-Year-Old Man, which is a, is a comedy routine by Mel Brooks. Okay. So she'd been listening to that when she died. Um, and she was found to have brandy and Valium in her system when taken away. Now, her body right. lay in a section of the cemetery where deceased infants are buried. And to this day, nobody has come to identify her and it remains a complete and utter mystery. Well, I think my initial thought is that she was in the cemetery because if she's in the infant section, I was going to go with like her husband was buried there or something. But if it's in the infant section, maybe she lost a child and she's been bearing the scars for for years and years and eventually she just wanted to have like one final Christmas which is why she has the Christmas tree with her with uh, her lost child and she's got herself a little bit drugged up and drunk and decided enough's enough interesting I like I like the theory and then and then, so then she's just tied the bag around her head well take it taken the had the brandy had the Valium put the bag on her head tied it over that she might not be able to get it off and then just sort of laid there and tried to fall asleep or something yeah exactly that interesting i like that i like the theory no one really knows there's no actual answer to it um i think that's probably the best one that we've got it makes sense it, it does make sense it's the only one that would make sense. i suppose unless i couldn't find uh if the, if this was the case that, that she was sat by any specific cemetery uh like headstone or anything i couldn't i couldn't find anything on that but um yeah maybe if she was by a specific headstone they should have investigated that further yeah maybe i should have but this was a short mini sode which uh, currently we're at like 50 no not 50 42 minutes so it's uh like a normal episode anyway uh there are your two good two bad and two mysterious stories featuring christmas (laughs) in and around it somewhere some that make you feel good, some that were just not very nice, and some that maybe you can have a little think on. Maybe bring it up while you sat around the Christmas table at dinner and just be like, yeah, there was some woman that was like just found dead by the... Actually, maybe don't bring that one up. Bring up Matilda who got... Bring up Matilda who just spontaneously combusted. <laughs> it was such a bleak thing around the Christmas table. So this woman suffocated herself... In a graveyard. <laughs> By the grave of an infant. <laughs> How's everyone's dinner? Everyone's dinner all right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Dessert? Anyone? Lemon? Lemon tart? <laughs> 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 well, maybe after dinner, when Grandad's fallen asleep, be like, oh, I don't know. Careful, Grandad. Don't have a cigarette. You might burn up like Matilda. 
<laughs> anyway, um, that's just yeah, that was just a little short episode for you. It's nice relaxed fit here. Um, uh, yeah, this is our, our little Christmas break. We're going to enjoy it. I hope everyone has a nice Christmas. I hope you're full of food, maybe a wee bit merry and tipsy, um, and sleep well. And I hope you get everything you'd like for Christmas and just enjoy it. Have a nice Christmas from us. That's what people do because I will be on my own. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so don't really get? know what more to say. Um, hit us up on the socials. You know where to find us by now, surely, if you've been listening. Um, if you haven't already followed us, then I don't know. You'll find us somehow. Um, if you fancy giving <laughs> us a little Christmas bonus, <laughs> like like a, a Christmas tip, like your postman, apparently that's a thing. Uh, yeah. If you want to give us a little, I don't know. I don't see how that's a thing. Yeah. If, if our post has been shit lately, has he really? But anyway, uh, ours sort yeah. of uh, ours is quite all right. I, I see him quite often because um, my my family order a lot of packages, um, and now he just mm. sort of like knocks on the door, runs away, and just waves at the end of the gate, going morning, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. If you want to give us a little Christmas tip, like your postman, you can do so at our Kofi page, www.ko-fi/slash. That's what people do. Just a one-time donation. If you fancy doing that, getting the Christmas spirit, make me feel better. Um, then that would be very helpful. But what would be even more helpful is if you could just rate and review us. Uh, Marty knows how to do it, which means you know how to do it. All right. Get on your podcast app, whatever one it is. Give us a five star. Give us a review. Tell us what shit if you really fancy it. Whatever. Or what was it say? Um, uh, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, yeah. Hit us up. Give us a little review. Tell your nan. Tell your dog. Sit around the uh, Christmas dinner table and say, "Yeah, look, I got a podcast here for you. If you fancy it, try it out. Why not?" So yeah, from me, I suppose it's uh, Merry Christmas. James. Merry Christmas. Yeah, from us, that's what people do. Merry Christmas. And we'll see ya uh, next week. Uh, well, I will be bringing you the story about Sylvia Likens. Mm-hmm.